Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. I'm Erin. And this is our seventh open podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be talking about season 11, episode 15 of Seventh Heaven. The title is Tit for Tat. The IMDb user synopsis is Colonel John Camden and his wife Ruth are staying over on their way to Hawaii, unannounced. Fearing they will spill the beans, Lucy wants to skip town with Kevin, supposedly to help Simon, asking Sandy to cover church service, so she stays in their place with baby Aaron. She's warm to boyfriend, Dr. Jonathan Sanderson, chilly to Martin. T-Bone needs help for his first Valentine's Day with a girlfriend. Ruthie insists they get matching tattoos, despite his and Margaret's reluctance for permanent markings, having to hide them for the Camdens and a serious needle phobia. Mac is happy moving into the trio's apartment means adult independence. The girls see domestic misery. When Jane gets her divorce papers from Soldier Jack, she wants to wait till after Valentine's Day. The grandparents overhear the twins with their parents and suggest they may soon move for good. Lucy changes her minds and turns up with Kevin. What was your first impression of this episode? Um, I actually find this probably... Like, it's just a solid good episode, you know? Hijinks. Um, it's crazy. Secrets. Secrets. It's crazy how they decided to make Jane married to Dirty Boy George. It... Oh, spoiler alert. Oh, well, oops. Yeah. Um, I thought, well, because they kept on mentioning George earlier in the episode, and I was like, oh, he's going to, like, show up somehow here. And I thought he was going to show up as Sandy's new doctor. But then he said they were military involved, and I put two and two together. It's like, oh, he is Jane's, well, now ex-husband. Unless she well, doesn't, not unless, until maybe, after she, Valentine's Day. Maybe she won't sign the divorce papers now that she's met her in-laws and realizes she's actually in with the Camden family. I guess. I don't know. Mm. Um, so we're going to get started with the cold open, uh, which is... Ruthie going to talk to Annie about trying to live in the garage apartment. This has been, like, an ongoing theme for the past few seasons, I feel like, ever ever since the... She wanted to move in there right when Martin first moved into the house. I forget who, who moved out. Well, Lucy, Lucy and, and Kevin, Kevin moved yeah. out, yeah. So, um, and Ruthie's, like, logically next in line, and she's, like, 16 or 17 now, and that's, like, how old Martin was when he started living there. Um, granted, he wasn't a family member, but... Um, I was like, I don't know. I think that Annie's being too much. But anyway. I don't think it makes absolutely no sense. She has a roof over her head. She has her own floor of yeah. the house. Oh, like, yeah. like why? Like you don't you don't got it. You're 16. Like yeah, and it's also like she's not going to be at the house all the time anyway for yeah. like food and just like company because she'd probably be like, oh, this isn't really what I thought it would be. Um, so anyway, that gets shot down, and then, um, well, I don't know. Annie was like, I thought T-Bone would be asking, and Ruthie was like, T-Moon doesn't, ha- ha- doesn't have a family. He likes being in the house. He likes being around people because he never had anyone, like, taking care of him. Whatever. Uh, so T-Bone and Ruthie are talking about, like, their relationship, and although they are exclusive with each other, they're not committed to each other, and Ruthie, like, is like, there's a way for us to be committed to each other and show our commitment. Without having sex. And this is apparently the less drastic yeah, option to having sex. We don't we don't figure out what it is because uh, Annie comes screaming in and is like, "Get your dad immediately!" And that is the end of the cold open. But we're gonna talk about 
Ruthie and uh, T-Bone first. So T-Bone is working as a ticket colleague um, when Ruthie visits him. And the idea is that a tattoo is what they should get each other for Valentine's Day um, to show that they're committed to each other. Uh, T-Bone is skeptical and he's like, "Mm, maybe not um, because, um, I don't know. A lot of reasons, but he doesn't really articulate them. Well, no, because they've known each other. They've been dating for two months. Oh, wait, yes. It was like six to ten weeks of dating. Um, And... They don't really know each other that well. Right. Um, Oh, wait, yeah. So, first, before she actually talks to uh, T-Bone, she sees Jane and Margaret, and we learn, of course, Jane has a tattoo. Um, And she has... Because of her pot-smoking parents. Yeah, she has, like, a tramp stamp... Um, so to speak, and it's, like, tacky. It's just, like, a heart um, like, with, like... The things, you know, this, the, 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 the usual yeah. one. So, um, but we, she's like, yeah, whatever, like, it's not a big deal. And Margaret says, getting a tattoo is a big deal if your parents don't smoke pot, <laughs> which I, I don't... I don't know. Um, so, but Jane is like, oh, yeah, I got my tattoo at the promenade, of course. She was like, fast fritzes just around the corner. So Ruthie basically goes to T-Bone, and she's like, I'm getting a tattoo of your name. I'm going to fast fritzes around the corner. And then she's like, yeah, she's like, it's not like we're having sex. It's just a tattoo. She's like, I'm going to go get one right now. And when you're done working, go get one, like, go get a tattoo of my name. So... Ruthie goes and gets her tattoo because, well, we're left to presume she went to go get her tattoo because the next time we see her, she's entering the cam casa and she just looks like she's got, like, the flu or something. She's looking under the weather because apparently she may have gotten hepatitis from this tattoo. I don't understand. She's not acting like she got a tattoo. She's just acting, like, generally... Like, unwell. Ill, yeah. And like, or, like, she's physically in pain. Right, and she's like, I have a fever, uh, or, like, she's like, I'm really warm, and she doesn't have much color, and she's like, I'm going to go take a nap because I don't feel well. And Annie is like, yes, you feel very warm. Take uh, an aspirin and go take a nap. We then see T-Bone um, with Mac. Mac's relieving him of his shift, so it's T-Bone's turn to go get a tattoo. Well, T-Bone's actually just, well, Mac shows up to relieve him, and T-Bone's like, are you sure you don't want me to cover? Like, I can stay here and work some more. Max like, I have to pay rent now, so T-Bone's like, okay. And then we see him walking up to the ticket booth where Margaret and Mac uh, are talking, and he passes out, and we presume this is from the tattoo. Um, and it is, because then he goes into the cam casa, and he's, like, limping around, and then, well, we see Mac runs into Martin, like, on his way out of the cam casa, and... Uh, Mac is like, oh yeah, I just brought T-Bone home. He was, like, he did something really stupid. He's And Martin's like, oh, is he drunk? And Mac's like, no, he got a tattoo. Um, so this kind of ends kind of with a cliffhanger almost, or not really, kind of like a da-da-da moment, with bo- both of them not seeing each other the night before, but seeing them the following morning. It's like church morning. And they're still sick. <laughs> um, and Ruthie turns around and shows her bandaged, like, back area, and her tattoo of T-Bone's name looks massive. Like it's it takes like up a gigantic a, tramp stamp of yeah. T-Bone's name. And then T-Bone's like, oh shit, because he's really afraid of needles, so he opted to get something way smaller. It's like the size of like one of the circular band-aids that you get. Like, 
like when you get like a shot or yeah. something that's not very large at all. And it's and on you his ankle. And you can't see it. Yeah. yeah, and it's on his ankle, so. And that's kind of where it ends with Ruthie kind of second guessing her life choices because she's like, oh no. I have this gigantic tattoo that says T-Bone on it. Now. Yeah. Or a Theodore, I don't know, whatever it ends up I'm saying. Pretty, we haven't seen it yet. I'm, we pretty haven't sure it's it yet. A, I'm pretty sure it says T-Bone if I recall correctly. We have not seen either of them yet, but as soon as we see them, we will obviously report back. We're not going to be able to see T-Bones. It's so small. How do you, uh, you can't even, like, what, no, no tattoo artist would be able to be able to write Ruthie Maybe that, they wrote an R, just an R. Just an R. I guess they could do that, but presumably they were getting their names. That was the whole deal. Well. Maybe just like RC. Really, 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 really yeah. tiny. Um, so moving on. Um, so Jane's whole thing. Okay, so the Jane, Margaret, and Mac have moved in together to their new apartment. Uh, and Jane's whole thing is that she's never been single on Valentine's Day. Her goal is always to have, like, a boyfriend. And she's like, and because I have a husband, it still counts. Uh, and this coincides with the Cam Casa getting mail for Jane, which looks like it's, like, legal paperwork. It's, yeah, it's from, like, a law office. So um, Mac is over there at some point, and he picks it up. Like, Annie gives it to him and is like, here, bring this to your apartment and give it to Jane. Um, well, that was right before Mac goes to work. While he's at work... He calls Jane and is like, can you please bring me some fries? I can't leave the booth, but I'm so hungry. And also, I have some mail for you. And Jane is like, no, you don't have any mail for me. You're just trying to get me to bring you fries for free. And... She sends Margaret in her loo. Yes. And Margaret, you know, is very nice. Brings over leftover fries and a milkshake. Uh, It was a soda. Oh, I thought that it was supposed to be an orange soda, soda but it was so a it was a different soda. kind of soda. Oh, okay, okay. And then um, they exchange kind of the food for the mail, but then when Margaret sees the mail, Margaret's like, "Oh, don't give this to Jane yet because it's divorce papers." And she wants to be with someone until Valentine's Day, so wait until after Valentine's Day. But Mac's still on the "I want to get into Jane's pants" kind of train, so he's like, "No, I'll be like the nice guy, and I'll." you know, comfort her, and maybe she'll change her mind about me. But I'll Margaret, be her boyfriend on Valentine's Day. And Margaret's like, you're pathetic. Um, this kind of, uh, like... Co- well, I mean, Mac decides that he's not going yeah. to. He's like, I will hold on to it until after Valentine's Day, and then they're at the apartment, and for some reason he's trying to hide something, but, like, he's not aware of where it is at all times. So... It's like sitting under his jacket, and he gets up to go somewhere, and he picks up his jacket, and it falls out onto the floor. Jane and Jane is it. like, is this my mail? And, you know, Margaret is like, you said she didn't have any mail. <laughs> yeah, like pretending to lie and shit. Yeah. She opens it up. It's her divorce pretending papers. Pretending to lie. Um, it's her divorce papers, and she's like, well, I'm not signing this until after Valentine's Day. Right, so she's unfazed, but it's also just like, this is so... Un- you don't want to be married to this person! So on the envelope, it says Jane Grayson, which will come into importance in a bit. I mean, no, because Grayson is her last name. Jackson is George's last name. No, because she said... No, because his last name, his full name is George Jackson Grayson. And no, it's not. No, that's... It, in the episode... That is what uh, Colonel on the oh. Roof call him. Was Grayson, like, his, like, father? Because yeah. remember his father yeah. was like, I actually want my son back. And then the Colonel yeah. and Ruth were like, well, now you can't have him. Yeah, no, I think that's... And I, think I guess that's, Jane, like, his biological yeah. father's last name. And Jane took that last name. Yeah. Um, so, uh, very quickly, you want to talk about... Well, when... when Okay, yeah, so just when Jane opens the divorce paper, she's like, I'm going to spend this Valentine's Day as, like, Mrs. Private George Jackson Grayson, and then 
uh, Margaret is like, George, and uh, Jane is like, oh, yeah, um, I don't really like that name, so I always used to just call him Jack because his last, his first last name was Jackson. So this ties in, of course, to... Uh, we'll get to that in a second, but uh, very quickly, Sandy shows up in this episode. Oh, yeah. Um, um, so does Martin, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, Sandy's there because she's met a man. Um, she's been coming down a lot. Well, she's also covering the church service yeah. for Lucy, so that's really why she's there, but also... She's, no, she's really oh, there yeah. to meet the man, then she covers Oh yeah. because Lucy's like, I have to run away. Well, we'll yeah, her new boyfriend is in Glen yeah. Oak, so she's presumably going to be around more often. Um, she's been around more often anyway because she's been shadowing Lucy and also taking over this... Lucy's girls class or whatever. Um, we meet the doctor because he comes over for dinner. His name is Dr. Jonathan Sanderson. He, I did not write down the actor's name. I just wrote down what he, oh no, I did. Zano. Something Nick, Zan- Nick Zano, I think. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say Nick Spano, but that was uh, Donnie uh, Stevens. <laughs> um, so he's been in a bunch of things. He was in Two Broke Girls, Happy Endings. He's currently on Legends of Tomorrow. Um, and he was in What I Lock- Like About You. He played with Amanda Bynes, where he played Vince. I think he was like the romantic interest on that show. Yes. But I think he was, was Jenny McCarthy also the older sister on that show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he, he dated Jenny McCarthy. Okay. So, um, they have a thing, it seems to be going somewhere, he's a gynecologist, uh, they kiss, Martin interrupts their kind of dinner, because he's, he's thinking this is a chance that he can, like, re- reconcile things with Sandy, but obviously But Sandy's no. just like, someone's here, you gotta go. Oh, yeah. Like, thanks for stopping by, but no thanks. So now we're gonna get to the main storyline, which includes the rest of the Camdens, um, basically the reason that Annie was running around, uh, with, like, a chicken with her head cut off in the cold open was because the Ruth and the Colonel showed up unannounced. So we find out, um, like, later on into the storyline that Lucy has called the Colonel and told him that, you know, the Rev is sick. And as soon as he found out, they both It was, flew. like, the next flight they, they, they were on. Um... So the Rev and Annie are like, there's, I think as soon as you come back from the cold open, they're like making tea and they're stressed out and neither one of them wants to bring it in to their guests um, because they're like, oh, somebody probably told them. I don't want to tell them. And I'm like, this is like so childish yeah. because like you are sick and dying and like whatever. So um, anyway, they bring out the tea and they're talking quickly and the Colonel and Ruth are like, don't worry, this is just a quick stopover. We are on our way to Hawaii because we have not been since after the war when the Colonel was stationed there. So we're just taking a little vacay to Hawaii. For Valentine's Day. Yes. Um, so basically they know and they know about everything, but they're pretending like they don't know. And there's a bunch of scenes of them like hiding somewhere and listening into conversations that the Rev is having. So the Rev's having a conversation with the twins being like, don't say anything. You have to keep this secret. Or like later on, the Rev and Annie are talking to each other about how like Lucy ran away. To- well, because yeah, at first, at first the Rev is saying that he's like, maybe I can. The first conversation they have is like, the Rev is like, maybe I can pretend that I need to like leave for the whole weekend until they're gone. And Annie's like, what would be more important than your parents, um, you know, coming to visit? And he was like, well, maybe another family member. I could say, like, I need to go see Simon because he's having an emergency. So the Rev kind of drops that hint. He's like, oh, uh, I think I was thinking about going to visit Simon. Uh, He's having some trouble, but he won't tell the Colonel or Ruth, like, what Simon's trouble is. So then Lucy is like, oh, shit, I told the Colonel and Ruth and... The Rev is going to be angry. So she says to Kevin, like, we'll go see what's up with Simon. 
So they disappear for the weekend to go help Simon with this problem that he's not having. Uh, this is obviously why Sandy ends up coming through, so that explains that storyline. Um, we have... Like, we have this weird scene with the Rev and the Ruth, not the Rev and the Ruth, the Colonel and the Ruth in the new orthopedic bed. Um, oh. Yeah, we're yeah. like, ooh, we gotta get us one of these. And, like, and basically it's just about, they talk about George. And they say that, like, you know, I, we can't really say anything about George and his situation and that poor girl that broke his heart. And that's when they say, Private George, Jackson, like, Grayson. And you're like, oh, shit. Jane's the chick that broke George's heart. George is the guy. George is Jack. Yeah. And um, but I forgot that this was a, what was happening. But Tammy thought the whole time that Sandy was going to yeah. be dating George. But then she's like, "Oh, he's a doctor," and you're like, "No, that's not George." Um, and so what we uh, we also get kind of basically uh, this moment with the colonel where he says. I, like, know the stench of death, and I know when to expect death because I've been in so many war zones and whatever, but there is no stench of death here, Ruth. Our son isn't going to die. He's going to live a lot, like, a long life. And Ruth is like, yeah, like, my son's going to have a long life. Those doctors don't know what they're talking about. So there, I don't think there's ever actually a scene in this episode where, I, like, the colonel and the Ruth actually talk to the Rev about his sickness but no, like, like, I think it was just, like, this mutual understanding that, like, everybody knows. I don't think that, I guess maybe we're, like, if the Rev really wants to believe that they don't know, but they never bring it up and say, like, why are you lying to us? Um, so, basically at the end here, we have, like, the family all together. Lucy and Kevin come back. There's no explanation <laughs> as to why they're coming back. No, they say it, they're like, oh, Simon, what, like... The problem was not a big deal. And I'm like, it was, like, I don't know why, Lucy, like, you know that the Rev made this up. There was never any Simon problem, so I don't understand why this happened. Well, clearly, like, Lucy was running away to, like, be away from the Rev and be away from I mean, the Colonel yeah, and Ruth. I mean, like, that could have been, at all, like, maybe they didn't go to see Simon at all. Maybe they just went and stayed, like, a night or two in a hotel, and then they were like, okay, it should be safe now. Let's go back. So they go to, like, a church service together, and it's really nice because the Rev gets to see the Colonel and Ruth at a service for the first time in a while, and we also find out that they're moving to California to spend more time with their son. Yes, because George is now living, like, I guess, you know, he's currently overseas, but when he, his new permanent, I guess he's stationed in California, mm -hmm. so um, when George returns from combat, he will be in California as well, so they, uh, yeah, they're moving to California. Also, for older people, Buffalo is, like, not very nice. Like, lots of snow, you know, they should move. Be somewhere where the weather is warmer. <laughs> um, and the ep this isn't how the episode ends, but near the end of the episode, we have the, jo uh, the George, I keep on. The George. <laughs> the, the Colonel private. and the Ruth meeting Jane, Mac, and Margaret for the first time. And for some reason, they <laughs> recognize Jane. But Well, I presume, like, like, when they got married, that there was, like, a photo, and George was right. probably like, here, look at this photo of me and my bride. And that's probably why they're like, this girl looks familiar. And then for some reason, Jane inexplicably introduces herself as Mrs. Private George Jackson Grayson. And they're and there's like this like they're like that's her. <laughs> but like we don't know what happens after that or if anything's happening after that. Cuz it cuts to fades to black or whatever, yeah. Um but that's the episode. Also, I guess like the the colonel and the Ruth come down the stairs at one point and Sandy is just standing in the cam kitchen and the colonel's like, oh, Sandy, good to see you. And like, we're like, nope, they've never met. And we're like, okay, they met at Simon's wedding, but like, how well did they get to know each other? That one, number one, like the colonel like remembers this girl's name and is like, oh, it's so good to see you. 
They also after that one time we met at the wedding, nobody wanted to happen. They also greet the the twins like really like fondly, and it's like no, this I, has never happened before. I don't think they've ever met. Maybe when they did like once, but I just yeah. Um. So what'd you rate this episode? Um, three point five. I guess it was a solid. So many twists and turns with like, is Sandy dating George, or is George dating Jonathan Sanderson, or is um, anyone actually married to anyone? Um, I'm gonna get a four point five. I thought it was like a fun episode. I think it's stupid that Ruthie, the Ruthie that we've like come, uh, I don't know, you've come to love quite a lot, is like it's definitely way more logical to get a tattoo. Sure. Um, Also, just a side note, I mean, we've been noticing this, but, like, if there were budget cuts this season because, like, yeah, the CW was, like, a new network, it was all from the makeup department. All of the budget cuts, other than the talent that they couldn't bring back, like, as many principal cast members, 100% the makeup, because the first time that Ruth appears... Oh, it just dear. looks it just looks like it was done in the dark. Just like somebody was guessing where her Facial features, features were. were and just yeah, it was not good. Uh, at least though the colonel's nose is a real nose this time. I mean, I think the men's like cuz the first time we really noticed this was like when they had like Martin with the mm-hmm. weird facial hair but then also Mac oh, like in, like in the first like when he first came back his face and his neck were totally different colors and I was like if you're gonna like put bronzer on him that you just can't leave his neck like totally <laughs> it is so so obvious yeah and there are points when Sandy's makeup is completely off too but um I think the only person's makeup that they probably have right is Lucy's and that's because they Annie, have Annie maybe too yeah um and I guess Ruthie but yeah maybe. um but that might be because they've worked with them for a while but these might be characters they have I don't know I don't really understand or just like again, like there's it's like an amateur. It's <laughs> all right. So uh, check out what the Colonel and the Ruth look like, and uh, all these years later, I'm the Colonel's nose doesn't look like it's clay anymore. Um, at uh, we're Kevin Cast Show on Instagram and on Twitter. We are on Facebook.com/slash Kevin Cast as well, and you can listen to our episodes on Wednesdays and Saturdays or any day of the week. But new ones are on Wednesdays and Saturdays on the Stitcher app. You can search for Kevin Cast on soundcloud.com slash canoncast or on the iTunes Apple Podcast app. I'm Tambi. I'm Aaron. This is Canoncast. Cast.